Life can be stressful, even under normal circumstances. 2020 has challenged even the most difficult times of life. You need stress relief that goes beyond quick fixes. That's Headspace. Headspace is one of the only meditation apps advancing the field of mindfulness and meditation through clinically validated research and can reduce stress, improve sleep, boost focus, and increase your overall sense of well-being. Go to headspace.com slash C-suite for a free one-month trial. Headspace.com slash C-suite. This is the Rich Dad Radio Show, the good news and bad news about money. Here's Robert Kiyosaki. Hello, 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 it's Robert Kiyosaki, the Rich Dad Radio Show, the good news and bad news about money. And today we have a very exciting program for all of you out there who are entrepreneurs, or maybe you have a great idea for a new company, or you're just out of money. You don't still know how to get your idea off the ground. So every time I talk to an entrepreneur, they always say, well, I, I, I got an idea, but I've got no money. And so this program is for you, and I think it's a timely program, it's much needed from many, many angles, you know, from socially conscious to being aware and, and being aware of all the changes that are going on in the world today and make sure that you're participating in the changes and not being wiped out by the changes. Any comments, Kim? Well, I'm very excited about today's show and we're going to get started right away because, you know, we've often said that one of the solutions to the whole economic problems is entrepreneurship and there needs to be more entrepreneurs, more small startups um, taking the lead. And our guest is very, very well known. He is the co-founder of AOL, Steve Case, and he is now the chairman and CEO of Revolution and we're gonna talk about what revolution is, and it's all about creating entrepreneurs from areas that most people don't think entrepreneurs come from. Right. And he's really given them a shot to get a start. And I'm very proud to say Steve is a fellow Hawaiian. You know, Kim graduated from the University of Hawaii, and I'm, I grew up in a little town called Hilo, Hawaii, where uh, Steve's parents are from, I understand. But you can become an entrepreneur even from Hawaii. That's what we're trying to say here. So, Steve, welcome to the program. Welcome, Steve. Thanks for being here. Mahalo. Great to be with you. Yeah, nice. Thank you. So, tell us, what are you up to these days? I mean, after AOL and all that, I mean, what is driving you? What is that entrepreneurial juice doing inside of you right now? Well, first of all, it's great to be on, on the program, and thanks for all you're doing to talk about some of these topics, just to educate people. Now, the, for me, the AOL journey, which started over 30 years ago, we started the company in 1985, when only 3% of people were online, and those 3% were only online one hour a week. It was pretty early days. That whole idea was leveling the playing field in terms of access to information and education and communications, and obviously the Internet had that impact. The last decade, I've kind of shifted my focus to trying to level the playing field in terms of opportunities. So everybody who has an idea kind of has a shot at the American dream and can take that idea and run with it. As you said in your intro, the you know, the startups are the big job creators in this country. It's not the small businesses. It's not the big businesses. It's the young, high-growth businesses. But it's harder for entrepreneurs in a lot of parts of the country to get the attention they need, to raise the, you know, the capital they need, to take their idea and turn it into a kind of real business and have, have real impact. And so that's what we're trying to do by launching this initiative we call Rise of the Rest, trying to back the entrepreneurs in the, in the cities and all around the country uh, that have great promise, but are are not really getting the same level of attention or the same level of, of venture capital that places on the coast are getting. And and what does rise of the rest mean? Well, first of all, I should say the concept of rise of the rest first was popularized over 15 years ago by Fareed Zakaria, the, the journalist who wrote 
about how globally there was going to be a dynamic shifting where countries like China and India uh, would rise. And that didn't necessarily mean the United States would fall, but it did mean that there'd be a kind of a shift in terms of where a lot of the investment focus was. And obviously that's happened over the last 15 years. We see a similar dynamic within the United States. So right now, a lot of the focus and most of the venture capital is in places like uh, Silicon Valley, right? The sense now is if you want to do something innovative, you have to leave where you grew up, leave where you went to school and head to California or maybe New York or, or maybe Massachusetts. And then the investors, the venture capitalists have, have followed that. So last year, you know, believe it or not, 75% of venture capital in this country went to just three states, California, New York, and Massachusetts. So the other 47 states, uh, you know, fought over 25%. These are big states like Ohio, Pennsylvania, Virginia, Michigan, all got less than 1% of venture capital last year. California alone got 50% last year. So the entrepreneurs in California get every week in terms of venture capital, but the entrepreneurs in some of these big states get every year. And as a result, we've had a brain drain where a lot of people have left where they wanted to be to go to the coast because that's where the, the land of opportunity was. And we're trying to shift that. If we could get venture capital backing entrepreneurs everywhere and people can choose where they want to live or stay where they already are and build a great company there and create a lot of jobs there and drive a lot of economic growth there, that we think will create a more inclusive innovation economy where everybody kind of feels like at least more people feel like they have uh, optimism about the future as opposed to feeling like they're they're being left behind. It can help revitalize some of these these cities. So I think it's a, both an investment strategy because so few people are investing in these entrepreneurs in other parts of the country. Valuations tend to be a little bit more modest. So as investors, I think you actually can generate a better return. There's an arbitrage opportunity, if you will. But there's also an impact opportunity because if we back these entrepreneurs and, and they do scale, they do have success, it can really transform the communities in which they're serving, slow that brain drain, create a boomerang of talent, people coming back home uh, because the opportunity is, is back now where, where they started as opposed to where they had to go. Well, you know, and Steve, for those of you who are entrepreneurs or looking for funding and all those ideas, all the pains that an entrepreneur goes through when they want to leave you know, job security, uh, Steve is the author of the book called The Third Wave, and it was that was a very similar title to Alvin Toffler's book, The Third Wave. And um, what, he's, what Steve is talking about is the information age is now finally, which is the third wave. First wave is agrarian, second wave was industrial, and third wave is technology. And the third wave is finally hitting people like you and me, people who are not necessarily techies or Silicon Valley or New York type people. The third wave is now hitting entrepreneurs. So I love it in your book, Steve, The Third Wave. You talk about the third wave will have similar, you talk about how computer uh, coders started multi-billion dollar companies starting technology companies. But now the third wave finally washes out of technology and the third wave will have similar stories, but for founders who are not 20 something, but 30 something, farmers, teachers, doctors, chefs, and artists. In other words, regular people will now, for the first time, be uh, eligible or, or in the right position to take care of what Toffler called the third wave. And this is when technology is applied to regular human beings. And so, Steve, your book is fabulous, The Third Wave by Steve Case. For those of you who really want to be entrepreneurs and see what's going on, 
please read this book. So that's basically what you're saying, right, Steve? So like a school teacher could become an entrepreneur now using technology. Yeah, I think that, first of all, as you mentioned, that I, one of the most uh, you know, books I loved when I was younger was Alvin Topper's The Third Wave. I read it you know, more than four decades ago when I was still in, in college in the late 70s. And I really, it really kind of opened my eyes to what was going to come, and, and particularly this whole digital revolution, the Internet, things like that. And, and I, had, I, you know, I had the opportunity to spend time with him, and, and even before he passed away, he, he read my third wave, which was more of the, the waves of the Internet, and as you said, that you know, there's an opportunity now. The first way was really the internet was really getting everybody connected. Companies like AOL. The second way, most of the last 20 years has been building software, apps, services on top of the internet, things like Facebook and Google and, and so forth. And so it really required coding as sort of the key, you know, skill. And the third way is the internet kind of meets everyday life, and it really does have the opportunity to improve how we think about healthcare and and learning, and food, and agriculture, and smart cities, all kinds of things, arguably the most important things of, of our everyday lives that have changed a little bit in the you know, first wave, maybe a little more in the second wave, but are going to change a lot in the next you know, 10, 20 years in this new uh, third wave. And what's going to be different, I don't think a lot of people fully appreciate this, but having lived through the, the, the first wave with, with AOL and then the second wave backing entrepreneurs at, at Revolution, I think the playbook for entrepreneurship is changing, and that notion that you have to be a coder uh, is going to give way to the idea that having domain expertise, understanding you know, how healthcare works, understanding what happens in a in a classroom, understanding you know the food system, some of the things that farmers and chefs and others have to deal with, that's going to become more important. The, the technology, the software, is kind of the table stakes just to get in the game. What's going to really separate the wins, winners, and the losers? is having this expertise, having the ability to forge partnerships. I think in this third wave, it's not just about it, the app. It's about how you integrate that technology in, in systems, healthcare systems, other kinds of systems. There are being policy implications because a lot of these sectors are, are regulated. Uh, I think that plays into the hands of these entrepreneurs in what we call these rise of the rest cities. Because if you look at where the expertise is in farming, it's not in San Francisco or New York City. It's a place like St. Louis and Lincoln and, and, and Omaha. If you look at the expertise in terms of the healthcare, some of the most respected institutions are like Johns Hopkins in Baltimore or the Cleveland Clinic in, in Ohio or Mayo Clinic in, in Minnesota or MD Anderson in, in Texas. And, and so partnerships with those kinds of companies are going to be more and more critical in this, in this third wave. So I think the mentality has got to shift from just writing code really imagining a different and better world, getting the right team to, together, obviously, to implement that and recognizing what happens around your company in terms of the network you build, the partnership you, you, you forge are going to be far more important in this, in this next wave than it was in this past wave. So thank you for, you know, really, really thank you for saying that because, by the way, you know, RichDad is a global company. And uh, that means all over the world, people are listening to what you're saying right now. And I'm not... I've always wondered why these young people sit there and they go, you know, I, I can't do what I'm doing because I don't have any money and all this. And I'm going, you have, you have access to something I never had access to was the, the internet and all this stuff. You have more, young kids have more power in their iPhone than the big Sperry Univax I used to work on in college. And then they're still saying, I, I can't do anything. So, so Steve, um, you, so you've got an impressive, impressive lineup of investors who are investing in these companies and these entrepreneurs. How, how do you go about it, Revolution? How do you go about finding 
these entrepreneurs? Well, we hit the road. We, 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 we launched Rise the Rest. We've now done seven bus tours across the country, visited 38 cities. I think it's something like 10,000 miles, and it's really all over the country, places like, you know, kind of Phoenix and Albuquerque and Madison and Minneapolis and Atlanta and New Orleans and Buffalo and Philadelphia. You know, recently we did a southern swing, cities like Memphis and and Louisville, Chattanooga, and we just spend time meeting entrepreneurs. We try to engage people in the community, the mayors, the governors, the CEOs of the bigger companies, the university you know, presidents, to really try to celebrate entrepreneurship, you know, focus more attention on, on startups and try to get more venture capitalists backing you know, those, those startups. And so we did, as you mentioned, put together a great group, I mean, 40 or so of the most you know, prominent, respected entrepreneurs and investors and executives in the country, people like uh, Jeff Bezos of Amazon or Howard Schultz of Starbucks, some of the you know, private equity investors like uh, Ray Dalio and, and uh, Henry Kravis, David Rubenstein, some venture capitalists like Jim Breyer and, and John Doerr, you know, Meg Whitman, you know, Tori Birch, uh, Sarah Blakely. It's a great list of some of the you know, real leaders in, in innovation over the past several decades who all agree that innovation is dispersing. It's not going to just be on the coast. It's going to be all across the country, indeed, all around the world. And wanted to join us in backing this next generation of entrepreneurs. We're excited. We're going to hit the road again uh, at the end of April uh, into early May. We've got a, a trip with four cities in, in uh, Florida, Orlando, and, and Tampa. Uh, we're going to the Space Coast, uh, Miami. And then we're also going to fly to you know, Puerto Rico and really shine a spotlight on what's happening in those places. And while people want to, listening want to learn more about it, we have a website, rideofthereft.com, where you can get information. And if there are any entrepreneurs who are particularly interested in space technologies or drones or any, any kind of aviation technology, when we're doing our visit to the Space Coast in, in early May, we're inviting entrepreneurs from anywhere in the country who are focused on that sector to apply to pitch. And then we're going to fly them to the Space Coast, have a a rise of rest pitch competition there and the winner will in, invest in. So it's very exciting to see the diversity of ideas out there, the diversity of entrepreneurs out there and to see firsthand what's happening in cities all across the country that gives me great optimism about the, the future of the country, but we've got to back everybody and, and not just a few. And, and there's a it's saying, I'm sure you've heard that talent is equally distributed, but opportunity is not. We're trying to change that paradigm. We're trying to level that playing field. And as, and as these pitches are being done, what, what, what do you look for? What makes one pitch better than another? Or why do you choose one company over another, one entrepreneur over another? Is there a, a formula or is it just, are they all different? Well, they're all a little bit different. We've backed 110 companies in 60 cities over the last several years through this Rise of Rest uh, initiative. And it cuts across a lot of different sectors. Of course, there's some tech companies. We've also backed food companies and clothing companies and all kinds of different things because it really shows that there are a lot of innovations happening, a lot of creative entrepreneurs doing all kinds of, of different things. What we're looking for, obviously, is a great idea, something that really can you know, change the world, something to improve people's lives. We're looking not just for the entrepreneur, but the team they're building around them. We learned that entrepreneurship is a team sport. We're looking for some evidence that the, you know, the, you know, the, the mice are eating the cheese, that people actually are you know, there's product market fit. There's some interest in, in, in this. And we're really looking for a mindset around partnerships uh, because of the importance in the third wave of, of working together. There's a great African proverb that will define the third wave, but you want to go quickly, you can go alone. But if you want to go far, you must go together. So we're looking for entrepreneurs who 
It's not just about what they're doing within the company, although obviously that's that's important. But the other things they're doing with partnerships they're forming, networks they're building around the company to take their idea and really give it the scale. Yeah, that's 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 fantastic about team versus individuals. You know, that's one of the hardest concepts I have with talking to people. And by the way, you know, congratulations, thanks for the, your book is the third wave. And your website I have down here is revolution.com, R-O slash W-O, I mean R-O-T-R. Rise, rise, of, rise the of the rest. Rise of the rest. So it's revolution.com slash R-O-T-R. For those who want to find out more about what Steve is doing to give entrepreneurs all over this country and ultimately all over the world a chance at the ring, as they say. So all of you, you don't have to be a techie, you don't have to be a coder, you don't have to be a programmer, but you do have to have a great team. And that's one of the biggest mistakes people make. Would you say that's true, Steve, is they don't have a team behind of them? Absolutely, and, and a diverse team. You need different perspectives. If, you, if you're just bringing together people that are look like you and think like you and act like you, then you're not gonna really understand the broader uh, opportunities in the marketplace. So. And having the team that really some some would obviously if it's a tech startup you need some of the engineering talent but you also need people that are good at sales and marketing and, and storytelling and you need people that are good at the operations side you good at the customer service side good at the finance side so it really requires just like in any team you know winning sports teams not everybody is is the quarterback you know the the quarterback in this case is the entrepreneur the the CEO but the you know winning startup teams just like the winning sports teams have a mix of different skills. Some are playing offense, some are playing defense, some are running the ball, some are passing the ball, some are blocking. You need everybody on the field to win in sports, to win in startups, frankly, to win in life. I have one quick question before we go on, okay? It's been my question. What is the thing with Shinola, you know, a Detroit company? Every time I see that brand, I go, who in the heck? Then I find out you're behind of it. Yeah, no, it's a great entrepreneur. Tom Cartsota started on a company called Fossil and and then you know, exited that, and then was just this five six years ago was was under, reading the story about Detroit, one of America's greatest cities, you know, hundred years ago, arguably kind of like Silicon Valley is today, when cars were the hot technology of the time. Detroit was rocking and rolling, but kind of lost its way in the last half century. Sixty percent of its population left, and it went bankrupt. Yet Detroit was fighting its way back. The downtown area was getting revitalized, and he decided to start this company. You know, Shinola to basically retrain auto workers that had lost their job at the Ford plant or the GM plant nearby and, and retrain them to, to build watches and other kinds of uh, products. And that's turned into a, a quite a significant company. And it's an example of the company that obviously is, is trying to build a big business and have it be a profitable, valuable business, but also see the importance of having purpose and having impact. And in this case, you know, creating, creating jobs in in a, in a city that needs jobs and, and creating hope in a city that needs hope uh, is, is really as much of what Shinola is about as, as the actual products, such as the watches them, themselves. So we're very proud to be associated with that company. That's an example of a, a rise of the rest company, a, a city you know, like Detroit, uh, as I mentioned, has a you know, glorious past. It's had a difficult you know, couple of decades, but really fighting its way back is really starting to show signs of a great resurgence and it's companies like Shinola that are helping lead the way, which proves that these startups, these young companies, these ideas, when they scale, end up really creating a lot of jobs. Every big company, every Fortune 500 company starts as a startup. So we have to think of these startups almost like the seed corn. You have to plant them and fertilize them and love them. And some of them are going to end up being your iconic, gigantic companies of 
uh, of tomorrow. And if we don't do that everywhere, we only do that in a few places, particularly on the coast. You know, we're going to create a more you know, difficult divide in, in, in this country from people who feel like they have uh, a shot at the future as opposed to feel, people feeling you know, kind of left out, left behind. Yeah, you're so right. And I agree with you wholly. When we come back, we'll be talking more to Steve along with one of those startups. He's going to talk about how it was to meet Steve and how to get his company, you know, off the ground and becomes a multi, 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 multi million dollar business, not just with money, but with support from great entrepreneurs like Steve Case and his team. So when we come back, we'll be going further into Steve Case. Uh, once again, his book is The Third Wave, came out in 2016. His website is revolution.com slash R-O-T-R. You're listening to The Rich Dad Radio Show with Robert Kiyosaki. What is your number one expense in life? Your number one expense, it's taxes. And I've asked the question is, how come there's no financial education in school, but why isn't there education on taxes either? You know, they tell you to save money, which is stupid. They tell you to invest in the stock market, which is stupid. But what they teach you about taxes? So here at Rich Dad Advisor, Tom Wheelwright, we're talking about his revision for his book, Tax-Free Wealth. Welcome, Tom. Thanks, Robert. So what's the Tax-Free Wealth about? What, what's different this time? It's a rev revised edition. Well, so what we did was, is we this is the first major tax reform we've had in 30 years, 2017. Right. Was 86 was the last one. 86 was the last one, back right. when I was in Washington, D.C., so many guys got wiped out because of that tax change. <laughs> they did. They yeah. did. It wiped out an entire industry, savings and loans. This new tax law is just as big, but in a very different way. It affects different industries. You know, the tax law is always a series of incentives. And the question is always which incentives and which ones apply to me. And so the, the key to revising tax-free wealth was what is it, what changed so much in this new tax law that we can absolutely take advantage of, I mean, seriously, the amazing incentives. For example, I mean, the bonus depreciation, for example, for real estate is unbelievable. You buy a, a, a million dollar apartment, get a $300,000 reduction or more the very first year. So if you want to make more money and pay less taxes like Donald Trump and myself, get Tom's book, Tax-Free Wealth. Don't be like Charlie. Charlie is that do-it-yourselfer who does himself in. Do-it-yourself is good for tile and grout. It is not good for asset protection. Charlie thought he'd save a few dollars forming his LLC online. With no guidance, he did it wrong. When he sold the property, he lost thousands and thousands of dollars. He did himself in by trying to do it himself. Don't burn yourself. Use Corporate Direct to set up and maintain your LLCs and corporations. Corporate Direct is owned and operated by attorney and rich dad advisor, Garrett Sutton. Garrett wrote the bestsellers, Loopholes of Real Estate, and Start Your Own Corporation. He is Robert Kiyosaki's attorney for asset protection. He and his team will do it right. Visit them at CorporateDirect.com or call 800-600-1760. Mention Rich Dad and receive $100 off your formation fee. That's CorporateDirect.com. CorporateDirect.com. It pays to listen. Now back to Robert Kiyosaki and the Rich Dad Radio Show. Welcome back to the Rich Dad Radio Show, the good news and bad news about money. You can listen to the Rich Dad Radio program anytime, anywhere on iTunes or Android. And all of our programs are archived at richdadradio.com. We archive them because repetition is how we learn best. You can't learn to play golf, swing on the golf club once. So you listen to this program 
once, twice, three times, you'll learn even more. But most importantly, share the rich this program with Steve Case to your friends, family, and especially business associates. Very important program. So today, again, our, our guest is Steve Case, and he is the author of The Third Wave. Please get his book if you're, if you're an entrepreneur. And his website is revolution.com slash R-O-T-R. And Steve is now great, uh, joined with Craig Fuller. He is one of the startups that Steve and his team funded. And Craig is the founder and CEO of Freight Waves. So welcome to the show, Craig. Steve, why don't you, why don't you, introduce, why don't you introduce Craig? And why, yeah, when, why he became, as, yes. as I mentioned earlier, we've been doing uh, these rise arrest bus tours for five years. We visited 38 cities. Our most recent tour included a stop in Chattanooga. We were interested to see what we we're going to, you know, kind of see firsthand on the ground there. And we did a pitch competition of some great, great uh, entrepreneurs doing great things. But the one that really stood out and, and, and up winning the pitch competition is Craig's company, uh, Freight Waves. And what was surprising to me, and it goes back to the core of our rise arrest thesis, is what they're building at Freight Waves is sort of a Bloomberg platform, a data platform for the freight industry. For the for the and, and the surprise to me was many of the largest trucking companies in the country are based in Chattanooga, and most of the freight goes through Chattanooga or near Chattanooga. And so having the domain expertise that we talked about earlier is so important in the third wave is key. And Chattanooga is the best place in the country to build a startup focused on the freight industry. So that's why we backed Freight Waves, and it's grown quite rapidly since we invested last year. And it's great to have Craig join us. Welcome to the program, glad, glad Craig. Well, glad to be here. Thanks for having me. So what was it, what's it like to work with Steve and his team? You know, Steve, Steve and his team have been fantastic to work for. I think they're big champions of businesses that are in non-traditional startup communities. And I think they have a playbook not only for the companies they invest in, but also the communities that they uh, are, are part of that help to uh, help to uh, create the ecosystem that encourages the business and, and helps it develop. And I think that's probably uh, been most beneficial to, to us. So let me ask, we be politically incorrect, how much money was raised for you? Uh, in uh, of what uh, uh, rise of the rest that we won, or in right, total? right, right, a hundred thousand is what we won, and then there was an additional investment uh, uh, made on on top of that. And Craig, were you looking for um, capital before um, before Steve and Revolution came along? Were you were you having trouble getting funding or making your pitches because you were in Chattanooga? No, actually, we had the opposite. We actually had, uh, had closed our Series A and. Uh, we happened to win the Rise of the Rest competition, and and actually our round had, had, was in the process of closing um, within the next week. And so, actually, uh, Rise of the Rest was a, a late addition to the cap table, and we we sort of looked at it as an opportunity to expand our brand. Uh, and I think one of the things that sort of underappreciated about what Steve uh, and the, the tour has done is it's not so much for us about getting national recognition because we already had that we had. Uh, high-quality investors that were already part of the cap table, but it was more getting the, the community itself, the city of Chattanooga, to understand uh, what what value that we were bringing to uh, to both the city as well as, as our industry. And how many jobs have you created in Chattanooga itself? You know, we're at 85 uh, today. Uh, according to the Chamber of Commerce, we're the highest-paid uh, employer in the city of Chattanooga as a, on average. Um, and so I think it's a testament to having a high-quality business that, you know, our customers don't care where we're located. They're not going to uh, pay us any less because we're located in Chattanooga. But there is a bit of an arbitrage where 
we can provide Silicon Valley level benefits and salaries that may not be, you know, uh, may not be Silicon Valley level, but the quality of life and what it can mean to the individual is greater because the money goes a lot, uh, a lot further here. So, Steve, how important is that to you? What um, Craig is talking about? It's very important. Our, our whole goal is to invest in companies that we think are going to be successful because we obviously have investors in our Rise of Rest Fund and we want to generate great returns. And if we do generate great returns, that will lead other venture capitalists who are mostly focusing on entrepreneurs on the coast to start paying attention to the entrepreneurs in other parts of the, of the country. As I mentioned you know, before, the, the venture capital gap between the, the coast and the rest of the country is still pretty, pretty significant. You know, Tennessee last year, for example, not just Chattanooga, but also Nashville and other parts of Tennessee got about 1% of, of, of venture capital. Uh, and so we have to figure out ways to get more capital to Tennessee to back more companies like, uh, like FreightWaves. And for some companies, our investment is a catalyst that helps them raise money from others. In other you know, cases, it's a catalyst to get more national attention, customers and others. In the case of, uh, as Craig said, with, with uh, FreightWaves, they had good progress on both those fronts. But they actually were not as known and respected within their own city as we thought they, they should be. It was one of the companies that was really growing, but most people in Chattanooga were unaware of it. And many parts of the country, including in, in, in Chattanooga, you know, tend to be a little more cautious, almost risk averse about entrepreneurship. And we need to create more of that sense of possibility. And so that's what, you know, the success of, of companies like FreightWave and places like Chattanooga lead to. And in, in the future, the next entrepreneurs coming behind, you know, Craig, hopefully will have a little easier time because more people in the Chattanooga community recognize the importance of entrepreneurs and really believe their city can birth the next big company, much as you know, FedEx was birthed in Memphis, Tennessee, and, and turned into a gigantic global company. So it's not just the entrepreneurs in places like Silicon Valley or New York City. It's entrepreneurs everywhere like, in, like uh, Craig and Chattanooga. So what you're saying, success creates success, but it also creates a, a brain pool for other entrepreneurs to tap into. Absolutely. Momentum begets momentum. We saw this in the Washington, D.C. area when we you know, started America Online AOL there 34 years ago. Uh, it was not a very entrepreneurial area. It was mostly government and government contractors and law firms and lobbyists. But now there's a pretty strong tech community, pretty strong startup ecosystem in the greater Washington area. That, indeed, that's part of the reason Amazon picked it for their second headquarters uh, uh, site. And that's because of this dynamic you're mentioning, you know, momentum begetting momentum. As these companies get larger, some people then leave, want to start new companies. Uh, some have made money on stock options and can fund new companies. Uh, and so you need to get that momentum uh, going to really create strong. Yeah, so what's, fan what's fantastic, everywhere. you're a hardcore capitalist. I'm very, very hardcore. I'm glad to hear that. So, Craig, thank you. Know, congratulations on all your success for Freightways. But you brought up the name Amazon. i got to ask you this. What did you think about them leaving New York? <laughs> well, it's, I, com it's, it's I, complicated. <laughs> you got you got twenty seconds. Explain what happened. Well, I, I think I mean from my perspective, it uh, it wasn't surprise. I was surprised they picked Amazon to be, uh, New York to begin with. Um, and so places like Tennessee are gonna are gonna welcome Amazon and the economic growth they bring. Right, but they went into socialist headquarters. <laughs> yeah, there's 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 some there's some backlash that they hadn't expected. But I, I agree with Craig. I, mean, I, I the fact that they started the search for their you know, headquarters, 238 cities all around the country focused on that bid. You know, there are a lot of cities where I think it would have done that would have been better for Amazon and better for those you know those cities. But hopefully, the cities that didn't get Amazon's headquarters will take half of the money they're willing to put on the table to get Amazon and half of the energy they put in their bid to get Amazon 
and refocus on their startup communities. And if they do that, they can create the next Amazon. Yeah. So Craig go. Fuller and Steve Case, I want to congratulate you on your hardcore capitalistic venture, VI education and money and expertise. So thank you for what thank you're you, doing. Thank you, Robert and Kim, and thank you, Craig. Thank you, Steve. Thank you, Craig. And please go to revolution.com slash R-O-T-R, Rise of the Rest. And if you want to be give have Steve hear your pitch, start practicing. So thank you, guys. Thank you thank so you much. Too. Really see appreciate it. All right, see you on the road. And we'll come back with the most popular part of our program, Ask Robert. You're listening to The Rich Dad Radio Show with Robert Kiyosaki. Don't be like Charlie. Charlie is that do-it-yourselfer who does himself in. Do-it-yourself is good for tile and grout. It is not good for asset protection. Charlie thought he'd save a few dollars forming his LLC online. With no guidance, he did it wrong. When he sold the property, he lost thousands and thousands of dollars. He did himself in by trying to do it himself. Don't burn yourself. Use Corporate Direct to set up and maintain your LLCs and corporations. Corporate Direct is owned and operated by attorney and rich dad advisor, Garrett Sutton. Garrett wrote the bestsellers, Loopholes of Real Estate and Start Your Own Corporation. He is Robert Kiyosaki's attorney for asset protection. He and his team will do it right. Visit them at CorporateDirect.com or call 800-600-1760. Mention Rich Dad and receive $100 off your formation fee. That's CorporateDirect.com. CorporateDirect.com. Financial freedom begins with financial education. Now back to Robert Kiyosaki and the Rich Dad Radio Show. Welcome back to Robert Kiyosaki, the Rich Dad Radio Show, the good news and bad news about money. And you can listen to the Rich Dad Radio program anytime, anywhere on iTunes or Android. And all of our programs are archived at richdadradio.com. We archive them for one reason, is so you can listen to this program again, because repetition is how you learn best. And today's program, if you're an entrepreneur, is essential to listen to again, but more importantly with friends, family, and especially business partners. Because if you listen to this program with Steve Case, founder of AOL and author of the book, The Third Wave, which everybody should get if you're an entrepreneur, it's a great book. Get the book, read it, discuss it, and you'll learn 10 times more than you just did in this last hour listening to the Rich Dad radio show. Any comments, Kim? Well, I just want to thank Steve Case. Um, I love what he's doing with revolution.com. It's like it's like um, Shark Tank, but on steroids. <laughs> he's got an amazing team of investors that are backing this. And, you know, one of the things we didn't talk about is he also partnered with um, J.D. Vance, who wrote the book Hillbilly Elegy. And Vance was a Silicon Valley venture capitalist who also wanted to help the people like Hillbilly Elegy. And so they, they linked up together to really make a, a change in a part of the world that's not seeing a lot of change. That's what Trump calls flyover country. Yeah, flyover, which, yeah. So flyover there's a lot states. of people focusing time and energy on it, and Steve's been there for a number of years now. That's why his company is Shinola out of Detroit, which I thought was very interesting. And his, he says it's one of his biggest investments. But there's also a social cause to it, which is important to note, is because he's there not just for the money, but to create jobs for out-of-place workers. So all you, all you socialists and communists out there, not all capitalists are bad. You know, I got so sick and tired. I was in Hawaii, which is the communist republic of the United States. You know, I, they were talking, this guy was so angry at rich people because he, his, in his mind, every, every rich guy was a crook. I'm saying, no, it's only in Hawaii. We have politicians are crooks, you know, and they go, 
boy, it was almost a fist fight, and we're at a luncheon, you know, good grief. Well, you know, so many people are angry at the rich, like, you know, Howard Schultz had to change billionaire to a person of means. I mean, what the hell's going on in America? And if you and if you go back and listen to this interview with Steve Case, he talks about the things that he looks for, and there were like four things. The first was an idea, a team, but the third thing he looks for is a product, an idea, a, a company that wants to change the world, wants to make a difference. Yeah. So there is that social aspect, that social capitalist inside of him. So and it, it's a it's a huge piece. And I had to ask him about Amazon leaving the Communist Republic of New York City. <laughs> you know, I'm going. You know what that cost that city? You know what that cost him? But no, the socialism and communism are winning. You know, I was in Vietnam fighting those people. I didn't have to fight them in Vietnam. I used to come home. So once again, that's why I'm really happy with Steve Case, what he's doing, a fellow Hawaiian. His family comes from the same place I, I grew up in, Hilo, Hawaii. It's not, it is not, it's, Hilo is definitely not an entrepreneurial startup com, country, com, city. But anyway, it's a great place to live. And also thanks to Craig Fuller, who's the CEO and founder of Freight Waves. And he was one of the companies that Steve and his team invested in. And they're doing really, really well out of Chattanooga, Tennessee. So you can submit your questions to ask Robert at richdadradio.com. So Melissa, what's the first question? Our first question, Robert, comes from Caitlin in San Diego. Favorite book, Rich Woman. Oh, hello, Caitlin. Good choice. Says, Robert and Kim, I really enjoy your show and learn something new every time I listen. My question is really about overcoming fear. I started my business six months ago, and I'm worried that my growth isn't happening fast enough. I'm typically not someone who lives in fear, but in my business world, I find I'm constantly battling the negative self-talk and fear. How do you deal with self-doubt in your business? Caitlin, that's probably the best question anybody has ever asked us. That is the only challenge you got, is that self-talk. And the reason most people are not successful in any any aspect of life, you know, is that self-talk. Like every morning I get up and my, my first thought is I'm gonna go to the gym. And that self-talk goes, nah, 10 more minutes of sleep. Now if you can't control that little voice in your head, get a job with the post office, you know, because you can stay there for 50 years, not do a thing, but you'll be safe, protected from the by the US government. But the major challenge of an entrepreneur is that self-talk, right, Kim? Oh, absolutely. And, you know, there's a great saying, I, I forget who said it right now, but um, if you're not facing something you fear, if you're not facing something you fear every day, you don't understand the secret of life. Yep. Because the fear is where the growth comes from, overcoming that fear or dealing with that fear. And it's going to be there as an entrepreneur. I mean, you you're, you got problems every single day that you're facing, and we face it all the time. Every single every day. Every single day. And you got to listen to that mind, and you got to hear the chatter, and you got to really get that mind under control. And, and we do a lot of of personal growth work on ourselves to get our mind under control yeah. or to deal with that negative self-doubt. It's it's part of the program, part of the process of being an entrepreneur, I think. And it's one of the most valuable because that's really where growth and transformation happens. Right. So a member of our team, is, for lack of a better word, is a therapist, not really a therapist, but you might call him a, a emotional, spiritual coach to get us through our own negativity. Because we all have it, sports fans. There's nobody doesn't have it. And to think that only you are the only one with it is really silly. Another thing I get really upset with, Steve covers it in his book, The Third, Third Wave. He talked about it in school and it's the teachers that really forced it down your head. You know, you must have academic success and you know, don't, look, don't overlook academic opportunities because you might make mistakes outside and they're punishing you for being afraid. 
And you know, most school teachers are great people, but the reason they're school teachers is because they're afraid. They don't know how to go out in the real world. That was my poor dad. And so I congratulate you because you're facing the number one fear of all entrepreneurs. It's you. You know, every morning you look in that mirror and you're yapping away at yourself saying, holy moly, I'm, I'm a million dollars down. How am I gonna pay for this? You know, I mean, I tell you, it's hard to brush your teeth when you're looking in the mirror staring at a million dollar thing coming. We yeah. face it all the time. Don't oh, we? All the time. You know, and one of the other things that we've done too, and I, I think of Frank Crary as, as one of our mentors, if you can find a mentor who is in your business, um, that's priceless because they've probably been through a lot of the things that you're going through now and faced those fears, and they could probably be a great, great resource for you. Yeah, and don't ask a school teacher about facing fear because that's all they do. <laughs> no, I'm, you know, my whole family, they're great people, wonderful people. I have a new book coming out called Fake, Fake Money, Fake Teachers, and Fake Assets. And the number one reason people listen to fake teachers and number one reason people are teachers is they can't face that little voice inside their head. You can do that, you got it made. So meditation works, personal development works, having a coach, having mentors. That little voice is either your, your greatest asset or your greatest liability. Amen. Next question, Melissa. Our next question comes from Troy in Des Moines, Iowa. Favorite book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Says Robert and Kim, I've been working on my online side business for a couple of years and am now in a position to officially launch. My question is with being mindful of how best to spend my startup capital. I'm wondering if I should focus first on a good lawyer to button up my company from a legal perspective or invest first in a good CPA. What's your advice? Well, uh, congratulations. You're doing it, I think, wisely, keeping a, you know, having a part-time business versus a full-time business. But you gotta have both is the answer. And it goes back to the first question about how you control your voice. It's not either or. If you're going to be, like Steve Case said also, you've gotta have a team. And that's one of the biggest complaints I have about school teachers. They're the lone, lone rangers. They're gonna go out there and do it on their own. Nobody does it on their own. Well, of course, there's a lot of guys who do. But you've got to, in business, have a team. And on your team, number one is an accountant and a bookkeeper. You gotta have good records for all your numbers. You have bad records, you're, in, you're behind the eight ball from day one. So all the expenses you just went through getting this startup should have been, should be at your bookkeeper's office right now. They don't cost that much. Secondly, got an accountant who can then take the bookkeeper's numbers. Then thirdly, need an attorney to make sure you're not gonna get sued and ripped off. I mean, your contracts are tight. So it is a team sport. You heard Steve K say it. It's a team sport. And the trouble I have with schools is they think you have to do it on your own. You have to be the smartest guy in the room or you can't succeed. I'm living proof that you don't have to be smart to succeed. You have to have a smart team. Yeah. And you know, when we started, when we started Rich Dad Company, we had a bookkeeper, number one, always had a bookkeeper. Betty, Betty. Betty the bookkeeper. Then we had the, the CPA and you know, and we had the attorney to set up our corporations the way and our entities, business entities, the way they needed to be set up. But here's the thing. When we started, you know, we were just starting out. So they, they were not expensive. We did what we needed to do. And then as the business grew, we needed more sophisticated CPAs, more sophisticated attorneys. Um, so as your business grows, you're going to need that. But you've got to get that foundation intact now. And it goes back to the first call, the first question about your little voice. Oh, I can't afford it. Yeah. I can't afford it. Let me tell you something, sports fans. The more successful you get, the bigger problems you had, the louder your little voice gets. Not only that, the more successful you become, the bigger attacks you get. There's always somebody that'll uh, uh, oppose you, attack you, try and steal from you. 
So as Steve Case says, you don't have a good team. And it starts with Betty the bookkeeper. You better have your numbers, you better have your documents in place, you better have agreement in place. And it's just how you play the game. Because in this game, all games, you'll have opposition. And somebody will come after you. I promise you that. If not legally, via, via social media, via anything, they'll come at you. It is the nature of life today. That's why I don't call social media social media. It's anti-social media. Today, they can pummel, pum, they can accuse you of anything and you're out of business. So you better get your team in place. So once again, you can submit your questions to Ask Robert at richdadradio.com. I wanna thank Steve Case, founder of AOL and chairman and CEO of Revolution and chairman of Case Foundation, the book, The Third Wave. You get that book and his website is revolution.com slash R-O-T-R. Comments, Kim? So if anybody's out there wants to look for funding, venture capitalists, I would get to the website, revolution.com slash R-O-T-R, and see what's going on because that might be a great opportunity for you as an entrepreneur. So thank you for listening to the Rich Dad Radio Show. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.